We have a very special guest this week on the podcast. It's Justice Rohde. He'll be sure to lighten up this episode with all of his takes on all of our segments, which include Nebraska football, our college pick'em, the big college games of the week, and the new for this week, the NFL pick'em. We hope you enjoy. Armstrong looking, holding, throws out a flat pass caught by Amir, trying to avoid the rush. He does. He has a first down, bouncing off tacklers to the 45, Amir to the 40, Amir to the 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Oh, touchdown, Amir Abdullah. Quarterback drop. Armstrong into the secondary. Armstrong's got a step. Touchdown. You are listening to The Last Take. The premier sports show for college students by college students. With hosts Dylan Jurgens and Blake Mace. Welcome back to another episode of The Last Take. I'm hosting today. Um, Dylan still ha- is hosting one of his segments. But first, let's introduce our famed guest, Justice Rody. I have to hype you up, bro. You are far, far too kind, but I appreciate it. Thank you, boys, for having me on. It's an honor and a privilege, again, to be a participating member of The Last Take, esteemed guest. Uh, looking forward to making some sizzlers today and potentially getting some stuff edited out. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you better hope Dylan does. A- edit some stuff out last time, let's just be, let's be honest. Uh, I it forgot was Mark's fault. One. It was it all Mar- Mark Borsess' fault. I want that to be on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I edited out, to be honest. I think it was something to deal with. Uh, we're gonna talk about. Uh, was it South Dakota State? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's what I took out. We're not gonna talk about them today. Thank God. Yeah. All right. Well, the first segment is uh, what what stood out for me from week one, boys, of college football. It's back. I know it was nuts. Uh, some, you know, you didn't have like any like huge huge matchups. I think the only one really was the Colorado TCU game. Well, that was. Surprising, to be fair. Um, I did not expect Colorado to look that good, but you know, I, I I'm not saying I called it last week, but I said Colorado might look. They might have a couple things up their sleeves at the beginning of the game. I I still said TCU was going to win by like two touchdowns, but didn't expect them to be um, that bad. I guess their defense was atrocious, but I mean overall. Aside from that game, I mean, week one was typical. I mean, you had the one upset with Wyoming and Texas Tech, which was that was an excellent game. So, I mean, what are you, uh, you guys have anything else? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I am more disappointed in TCU than I am like having praise for Colorado. Like, I'm just so disappointed in TCU. You would have thought Sonny Dykes, you have the formula from last year. Granted, you lose a million players basically, you lose a lot of freaking players, but the problem is. Is that you would think he would have had kept some of that mentality and some of that drive, but watching over that game, TCU did not want to win that game at all. It, it just seemed like they're going through the motions, especially early. Um, I, I thought it was going to be like a you know Nebraska Oklahoma situation where like it looks competitive in the beginning, but I mean obviously it's a competitive game because Colorado ended up winning. But yeah, and then another game I have you know uh, just going down the line. I mean uh, North Carolina. You know, getting a win, getting a good win, and then uh, Duke. Of I was course, I was gonna say Duke. What a what a performance! I, I'm Duke I'm there. happy for Duke because I'm not necessarily the biggest Clemson fan. I'm I'm not just gonna hate on Dabo Sweeney for no reason and hate on that program, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of like in other sports. You know, you see people that are esteemed and you know held up on a mountain for so long, kind of like Alabama, 
It's kind of fun seeing him drop a little bit, especially as a Nebraska fan, knowing that we've had to deal with a lot of those issues. Justice, what do you want to say? No, but I think it's going to bring up warranted concerns with uh, the way that Clemson runs their program. People are obviously going to be kind of, you know, heating up the seat a little bit for Dabo. I think they're going to be fine in the long term. I mean, it's the ACC. You never know. It's it's one little setback. They could still go 11-1 and one and win the conference if they want to. Mm-hmm. You're right. The, the A number one issue now is people are going to look at the way that Dabo handles this program and goes about his business and say, well, why aren't you, you know, entering the transfer portal for some guys? If we're going to recruit, why aren't we hammering that a little bit harder, you know, with some of the development stuff? Why aren't we giving other guys a shot? Now there's a million questions that are going to be fired at him, and I think kind of unjustly because, to be fair, their offense just pretty much stalled out. It made a lot of half. errors, yeah. Um, just question for both of you. Do you think this is the downfall of the Clemson dynasty, I guess you could say? Uh, I I don't want to jump on that thing just because, like, the way I said Alabama, I didn't, I'm like, until Nick Saban's dead, we're not going to see Alabama just fall off. And I think the same for Clemson. I think they'll have to manage their expectations for years, kind of like Ohio State has been recently. You know, I feel like that's the way Clemson's going to have to be. You know, three losses, two losses, getting beat times to kind of just push you out of contention. Um, granted, this all goes away when you have an expanded playoff coming uh, next year. But, yeah. so I will say that you kind of have to approach it the way that you approach Ohio State. It's kind of a changing in the guard. I don't think it's necessarily the downfall of a dynasty because they're still a very, very good football team. Like, we would kill to be in the position Clemson's in. I'm going to be 115% honest. Of course. We would kill to be in the position they're in. We would kill to be in the position Ohio State is in the talk every single year in a top 10 ranking in the preseason to be competing for national championships and to be competing for playoff spots. That's where we want to be. And in all honesty, I think Clemson's going to be fine. This is one little hiccup, and Duke's been a team that's kind of flown under the radar. They're on the rise. You know, they're doing a really good job building that program up for more than just really a basketball school. So I think you have to look at it with kind of a grain of salt and just say, yeah, Clemson got beat, but like I don't think it's like the end of the world. Whereas as it's like you kind of look at, you know, a team like TCU and you kind of say, okay, you know, they're kind of reloading. It's going to be maybe a down year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it's because um, we were actually talking this in my uh, 250 class um, on Tuesday, but um, my uh, my professor was talking about how Duke is one of the like most experienced teams in the the ACC. I mean, they're mostly a lot of seniors on that squad. I mean, Riley Leonard's a multi multi year starter. I mean, but you look at Clemson. I mean, K. Klubnik only had one official start, and that was during the postseason, anyways. And this was his first official like regular season start, and then you had some. I mean, Will Shipley is pretty experienced, but I mean, the rest of the team. I mean, they're they've gone through a lot. They've lost a lot. I mean, you look at the NFL. They have Trevor Lawrence now in the NFL. I mean, it just like you said. I mean, I don't expect them to like fall out of like, I guess, quote unquote, dynasty. But I definitely think it should be. I think it's going to be a down year for them. I mean, it. I mean, maybe they turn turn it around. But I actually worry it's, more. It's I actually tough. worry more about a different team than I do them and dynasty talk. I think that there's actually going to be a dynasty ending soon. Okay, yeah. I think you know which one I'm hinting. But before, I think so. Before we get to that, I do want to brag a little bit. You know, I had Florida State win against LSU. I did too. I did, did too. too. Yeah, and LSU, uh, they're last year, you know, pretty successful year, obviously for a first year head coach over there. But you know, with Florida State, I, I had them going undefeated in the playoffs. Now I wasn't necessarily just sure about that. You know, when I was doing our when Dylan, we were messing around doing our mm-hmm. uh, playoff predictor. But then after watching that game, I'm like. I mean, this looks like a really competitive team. So, yeah. Um, but 
go on with what you were saying, Justice. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't think it should have been a surprise. Like, you see LSU's arguably best player on their team, Harold Perkins, get suspended. You should look at that and say, yep, that's target. Mm-hmm. That's where you go. Let's run the ball. Jordan Travis is already going into the season with top five Heisman hype. I mean, Mike Norvell's kind of really figured out the groove there. He's gotten his guys in finally. There's been some hiccups along the way, but FSU, you know, they're kind of getting back to, you know, the, the sleeping giants kind of waking yep. up a little bit. Yep. Now, they got to worry about a different sleeping giant down south, and they better pray that that, get that sucker doesn't wake up. But I don't know. I think Florida State's got a really good team this year, and the ACC just seems to be wide open with Clemson, you know, kind of taking a step back this year. It's going to be interesting to see because there's a different team uh, that won this week also that I think could have a real shot of uh, taking the ACC playoff berth if they show choose. Who is that? I think you look at North Carolina and you can yep. easily say with who they have particularly at the starting quarterback position and the personnel they have out wide, that you could say, yeah, that's the team that takes the step up into the the kind of power vacuum that we see in the ACC now. Yeah, I would say Drake May looked very, very good. He's the main reason why they won that game. I mean, defense pretty played pretty well. Spencer Rattler, he's not that impressive. We kind of already knew that, though. I mean, he had the couple good games last year, especially against Tennessee and Clemson. But a lot of that was pretty much the surrounding talent they had. And what a maybe, fall from grace that is. May, I know, like he was coming into the 2021 season, Heisman candidate. He was one of the best players coming out of that recruiting class, and he got benched that year by well Caleb Williams, so who was now at USC and's probably first place right now on the Heisman can um, Heisman race. Yeah, he's kind of good at one football. Week. That guy. He, I've he heard a thing is. or two about him. Yeah, he kind of is, but um. I mean, yeah, I agree. UNC is a team to watch. I, uh, I really think it's going to come down to, since they don't have divisions anymore, it's going to come down to that Florida State and UNC. Maybe Florida. I don't know. They have an interesting couple games. Miami Florida could State. give it a shout. That's yeah. the sleeping giant no one wants to wake up. Well, we could also, I mean, ACC, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm that high on Miami. Yeah, I mean, neither am I really. Uh, uh, Tyler Van, I don't know. I didn't really watch them. I mean, they did pretty no, well. No, but if, if, they wake up, if they wake up in two or three years, if you like, if I wake up in two or three years and I say, yeah, Miami's the top five team in the country certified, I'm not going to be that surprised. I see what they're building. All right. I mean, that's, that's in my opinion, I think it's a little bold. Um, I don't think it is. It's the University I, of Miami. I well, You could say the same thing about Nebraska, too. I mean, I don't see it in three years, but... I could say that about Penn State. I don't think so because Florida, I feel like, is in the same boat. No. Not no. with Napier no. as their head coach. No, he might get fired this year. Well, I'm I being dead that serious. Florida's terrible, but. No, like, it's. I don't even think it's his fault. I don't think they have good enough players to compete in the SEC. I'm being dead honest, and that's not his fault. And it's not going to get any easier after this season because you got Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference, and look how good those two teams are. I mean, Texas wasn't, like, incredibly impressive, but they played Rice, and they're just kind of vanilla-ing to their game this week. We'll go over here later with um, their date with They Alabama. weren't going to show Bama anything. Right, They exactly. literally just ran base plays and just said, yeah, we're more athletic than you. Sorry, JT Daniels, you're losing to us for the third time in your career. Yeah, exactly. So I... But, yeah, I mean, just Florida is not that good. Miami, I can see them in a couple of years, but I'm a little hesitant with them. But definitely this year it's going to really is looking like Florida State and UNC right now at least. We'll see in a couple of weeks and see how they do when the uh, conference play starts officially. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's that and the Texas, you know, Texas State game, we talked about that a little bit. And then Baylor and 
you know, just as you mentioned before, riding off the coattails, if we yes. feel like another coach players over there at Baylor, and I kind of agree. You know, Dave Aranda, looking at Dave Aranda himself, I was actually wanting him to come to Nebraska. I'll be honest. I, he was one glad of the guy, he didn't. He was one of the guys that I was like, I was pretty high on, but now I'm glad we dodged that bullet because you can't start off the season with, uh, you know, that bad of a loss to a team that. I think he's a very good coordinator. I don't know if he's really. Fit no, he's for an the incredible coordinator. Spot. He's an incredible coordinator. You should have seen what he did at Wisconsin. They were. I know. Mark tells me about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. They no. were incredible. I wanted to talk about um, the overreactions of the overhyping of Colorado. Um, after, I mean, I'm saying they played pretty well, like I was saying a Some little bit earlier. Some of it's warranted. Some of it's I warranted. Under- I understand. I see it. But we were talking about this earlier that, um, yesterday and today. Really, honestly, ranking them this hot, I mean, 22nd already. <laughs> Like, they only play TCU, and T- I know TCU was a playoff team last year, but they lost everybody they had good. Yeah. Max Duggan's gone. All their defense is gone. Quentin Johnson's Quentin gone. Quentin Johnson's gone. Kendra I mean, Miller, see ya. Yes, they brought in Trey Sanders, but he's just a running back. He's not going to be the main reason why they win a game. And, and he their already... defense played like crap. I mean, yep. they allowed 565 <laughs> yards against a Colorado team, which these, team, these players have never played in an FBS level, at least most of them. I mean, I just, I do think Colorado, they're just being set up for failure. We can talk about it in a minute when we discuss yeah, Nebraska. We can. We actually could just move right We'll into transition it. to that, you know, talking about, first, before we get that off, I want to I cut that off just a little bit because that's um, for um, the game this weekend. Let's look back at the game against Minnesota on Thursday. You know, we were all hanging out at our friend's apartment, having a good time. Um, reacting to some of the big plays and some of the terrible plays and and being just distraught at the end. Well, not really distraught. For me, I was, I'm going to be honest, I was just numb to it. I'm like, well, that's just another loss. And, same, and granted, old, I predicted same old that, Huskers. But, yeah, same old Huskers. <laughs> granted, I predicted that, but you know, we, we kind of all just sat around there and just quiet, and it's like, wh- wh- why? Why did that have to happen? Right. You know? But, um, you know, I think there's some overreactions with this, too. Like, we lost to a conference opponent who's very good, and we I think overall, I mean, offense needs some work, but defensively, we played pretty well. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, Justice, what are your, open, I guess, straight-up thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm going to stare at the Big Ten schedule makers for one second and say, can we cut the bull crap with the playing conference opponents week yeah. zero? Amen. I don't care about your marketing, and I don't care about you selling this to TV producers. It's not actually a beneficial to either team to have to play in week zero because you know what that loss is going to mean when we get to December? Jack, diddly, squat. They're going to be two completely different football teams. Yeah. They're literally, like, your identity yep. changes as the season evolves. Can we quit with the conference stuff? Let us play four non-conference opponents. We'll get into the conference stuff in week five, and we rock and roll from there. Totally I, agree with that, Justice. Yeah, that's why, one thing that my dad has been so angered about. It's it's because they can use Nebraska to do that. Because, you know, I don't want this is the one thing. Because we're a marketing machine. We are a marketing machine, and this is the thing that I don't necessarily agree with Trev Alberts, but he has said that we will welcome stuff like this. I'm like, I don't agree Especially when you got someone who is changing the program and changing just the fundamental how Nebraska players see football at Nebraska in different ways than before. You can't have them go against a Big Ten opponent like that. Granted, coulda, shoulda, woulda won the game, but at the same time, we don't. We shouldn't play those games in Week One. 
No, forget yeah. about it. Like, I'm looking at Trev, and I'm just saying, yeah, like, we're going to embrace that. You're going to embrace that when they pat a $675,000 check in your pocket to play that game we won. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. You're going to look at that and say, yeah, we welcome it as they're sliding it into your pocket. Listen, I've been, cri- I've been critical of Trev Alberts for a long, long time, but this is a time where he can assert himself and just say, listen, cut all the crap. Go make Northwestern and Rutgers play week one. Yeah. You want to do that? You want to make people play in division? Let's go make Iowa play week one. Wisconsin's your big marketing ticket? Go make them play week one. Go make them play a conference opponent exactly. week zero. Let, let's see Wisconsin and Illinois in Champaign August 29th. Yeah, but make you know Nebraska do it. That's that's the thing, is that they just make Nebraska Because do it. it's a marketing machine. Yep. We're the most marketable team in the West, and it's not really close. Yep. You're not going to look at a game with Illinois and Northwestern on the ticket for August 29th and say, you know what, I want to spend my time watching that when you could be watching Florida State or LSU. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, Get more into the takeaways from this game. Um, I'll just start with (laughs) my – I'll just say five – also, I'm just reading off of my article. So shout out my, to that. Yeah, shout out the article. Exactly. Um, so my first takeaway from this game is our offensive struggle. It was a disaster um, offensively, at least. I it, mean, I'd we had one good play. Bag. It was one one good play that shouldn't have worked anyways. The Osborne, as it's called. I mean, that was our only touchdown of the game. Is Jeff Sims? I mean, he looked good running. Yeah, I mean, that's he one looked thing. like a running back, I guess. Yeah, but he all there was also you know coming into the season, Sims had the issues with turnovers. I mean, he had 26 picks in his three years at Georgia Tech, and apparently he worked on it over the off season. He didn't really, I mean, probably his first game jitters, but he made a lot of mistakes. Three interceptions. Um, and he only completed 11 out of 19 passes. I mean, you look at it that way, it's not the worst thing in the world. But but then you look at the INT column. Yeah, you got that three interceptions. It's really tough to look at. I mean, he did well in the rushing, like I said, 19 carries for 91 yards. But the running backs, I'm confused with that one. Why did Anthony Grant get more carries than the projected starter? The guy We let the guy have the ball when it mattered the most that – Matt Rule said he's dropping him in the death chart because he puts the ball on the ground. Why did we we why did we play him more? That's my question. Why didn't we play Gabe Irvin more, who was the definitive starter that was announced before the game? And Anthony Grant's a big reason why uh, Minnesota came back and won the game. Fumbling on probably one of the most important drives of the game. Minnesota gets it, goes and scores on the best catch of the year so far. So I mean. Yeah, and disappointment. Just disappointment. Yeah, a lot of disappointment there in the offensive wise. But here's the good thing, um, I guess, coming out of this week is that um, you know Jeff Sims, you know, was part of that press conference we do weekly, and he uh, he noted what he did wrong. And the thing that stuck out to me was just what he said was, "You got to come through when the team needs you," and that's something that I didn't do. That's a huge quote from him, mm-hmm. and, and I love quarterbacks can say this and that about losing a game or what they need to do better, but just uh, making sure your teammate, making sure your teammates are put first, and be realizing that this isn't just an I messed up situation. It's I let the team down. That's bigger than just that, and that's a lot of respect to say that. And that's why you know I feel like all offseason they're saying we've got a leader in the locker room, you know, mm-hmm. quarterback leader and stuff like that, offensive leader. And he's really 
from this press conference, you know, that makes me reaffirm those ideas. But yeah, uh, quickly, um, or actually, what are you gonna say? No, I'd get it off okay. quick because I'm. So I was just gonna say, um, my next two couple things was the defense looked pretty good. It shows a lot of promise. A lot of work has been done over the off season. I like the three three five, the mixing up the sets and all that. They did pretty well getting pressure against a. Minnesota offensive line that's always it's always been good even though if they lost a lot to the NFL they still looked good I mean they they did their best but I was really impressed with how we looked uh on the defensive line and just getting pressure I mean Luke Reimer even got a sack himself and um Nash got one and I f- forgot the other one but we had three sacks on Ethan Calicamanis uh Kaliak Manis and then um Omar Brown got a good interception. That was a very, very good play by him. It was a decent throw, too, which was a good play by him. And then the other thing I was going to say is improvement on special teams. We, I mean, that's always been our biggest issue is the special teams. I always feel like 2021 we had – we went from Connor Colt in 2020 having being the Big Ten kicker of the year with no peop, nobody in the stands, but he starts playing in 2021 and was horrible, inconsistent. Um, but special teams this uh, so far this year. I mean, Brian Buscini had himself a good night, good acting too on that roughing the kicker. But uh, all three of his punts ins- landed inside the twenty yard line, and then also freshman kicker Tristan Alvano um, from West Side went perfect one for one on field goals, which was only like a twenty six yard field goal, and then he went a hundred percent on extra points. But overall, I mean, there was a there was. It's different. It's a different team. I feel like I don't know. What are you gonna say? I think you have to look at it and what I'm gonna take. And like, you you might call me an optimist. You might say I'm drinking the roulade. But like, I think you have to look at this as more of a, a process over outcome kind of week. Exactly. Because you look at the three three five. The three three five and its setup and its concept was really good. When we wanted to manufacture pressure or when we needed to get pressure and we added extra guys to the line, it hit home. The coverage was good. A momentary lapse by Malcolm Hartzog. He gets caught ball watching for a second. Good double move by the receiver. Great catch on the end of the play. That's their that's their really only score. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'd look at that and you wipe that clean. The offense I'm not like Uber concerned about. Because Minnesota disguises a lot of stuff. That's what you don't see on TV is the stuff where Minnesota come out in a base cover two and a base cover three, and all of a sudden you got safeties blitzing from the outside when they don't show it. They're coming from a deep spot. Or maybe, you know, the linebacker just covers to a deep zone when he doesn't, you know, really show that. Or maybe the safety covers shallow. Right? So there's little stuff that they do that they disguise, and it makes it tough on a quarterback, especially a guy who, no offense, was playing in a weaker ACC for a really bad football team in Georgia Tech. And then you come to the Big Ten, and you got better weapons. You played a better league. The guys are faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. Hmm. It's going to be an adjustment period. And he hadn't seen live competition outside of his own guys yet. Yeah. And I think you have to look at that, and you say, okay, the first one's atrocious. Put some freaking spin on the ball. Put some mustard on the ball. Let's try to force it to the back of the end zone instead of just floating it in two guys, okay? The second one, that's a great play by the safety. He comes across the middle. He reads the play perfectly. He jumps in front of it. Right. The third one, if we actually had a left tackle that decided he wanted to block instead of imitating it the LaGuardia Airport turnstile, we could actually, you know, have a guy, you know, with an incredible amount of arm strength step into the throw and make a tight window throw. Exactly. Instead of having to fade off your back foot and having to play like you're Aaron Rodgers. But overall, like, the run game looked really good. And, like, with Anthony Grant, I think that's more of a, like a, a, a rule decision where it's like I want a veteran guy handling the ball. And at that point, 
get two hands on the ball. Let's act like we're in traffic a little bit. Perfect peanut punch by the defender. They punch it loose. I mean, that was, you talk about perfect peanut punch. I mean, just Just textbook. Which is why that's something that's like disappointing me is like, that's something Nebraska has not been able to do. To put it on the list of like things defensively that Nebraska has not been able to do is force those uh, f- force those fumbles. And Anthony Grant got a little exposed there, you know, Justice, like you were saying. Um, and that's that's part of the problem. Um, but really, I mean, just looking at it overall, the defensive side, I don't want to look at it too as necessarily too critical um, from like comparing to the offense. Offense, you know, we can. Like we've been doing we that can be fixed. I'm just there is also a lot of things too with play calling wise. I mean, there's just a lot of things we're still there's some small. I think it's a learning experience. I think you look at week zero and like I like I said, like they're, they're going to be two completely different teams than what we saw. Minnesota week twelve is not going to be the same as Minnesota week zero. We're not going to be the same as one, we were in technically. But still, like yeah, we're not going to be the same team. Right. Yeah. No, I get you. Yep. Like you just kind of got to look at it and you say, okay, learning experience. We blow a game early in the year. What if we drink the magic fairy dust and we just look down the road and all of a sudden, week seven, we get in a tight one possession game and we're the one forcing the late turnovers and we're the ones going down the field and we flip the narrative and flip the script. Like that's why you can't get too high or too low. Yeah. On a ten percent and ten percent game. Like your eighty percent is going to be in the middle. Okay. Like we gotta just look, you gotta just look at it as a fan and say, you know what, bad result. We gotta go and just handle business against Colorado, who's getting talk about week one hype, talk about like one week of hype. Are you guys? I've, I've, n- you I've never seen a team, a college team, get this hyped in the media, and it's of course. Say it's even because in two thousand nine didn't get this kind of hype. Yeah, and it's it's just prime. It's it's all it is prime. And now after week one, we are starting to hear more about the players, obviously, because, you know, Travis Hunter had a fan, fantastic game. Shadur Sanders had a fantastic game. But still, it's all prime. That's all they talk about in the commercials. It's all they're talking about. Joel Klatt just raised him to be, he's the next Nick Saban. My boy, Joel Klatt. Stop. Hop off Colorado, bro. Stop. I get you're a homer, but bro, it's settle a stepping down. Stone. Don't you guys, okay. It's a stepping stone. Have you guys ever wanted to beat somebody so much? No, I'm be honest. As this, this much, this is making me feel like what my parents felt like. Yes, this is, this is exactly. I have. Yes, I have. Me and my mom wanted to see in the 2013 Rose Bowl, Wisconsin, to stop the absolute bejesus out of Oregon, and DeAnthony Thomas ended my entire day with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, hopefully this changes because. Hopefully that changes because I've never wanted to beat opponents so much as I do for us to beat Colorado just, this weekend. It's, it's the most amount of undeserved attention I've ever seen. Yeah, and I love. Congrats! I, you beat I've a number been, seventeen ranked team who lost literally everyone. That's what no one. And you only about. won by three. Yeah. Only they're, they're treating this they like they won beat by, them by fifty. Yeah, they're treating them like they beat them by fifty. Like they're, they're treating this Colorado team like the best thing since ninety-five Nebraska. The That's combined what they've been score talking was about. eighty-seven points. The defense was literally non-existent. They were practicing social distancing half the time on the far side of the field. Exactly. No, I'm just trying to say is if Colorado's so good and they're the best team since ninety-five Nebraska, or like they're the next Alabama, then why is Nebraska only a three and a half point underdog? And why are we favored? And why are we favored by the computers saying fifty-nine percent chance to win? And everybody's, I mean, not everybody's picking us. But hey, I that mean, sounds like free money to me. That I mean, I like would, a, I'd a hundred percent take Nebraska money line or at least the minus or the minus three. Listen, so. I'm not a gambling man, but that just sounds like a free payout to me. Yeah, especially when now it's the most betted on game. It's more than of, all 32 NFL NFL teams. Yeah, which is, I that, 
that's unreal. That is unreal. And just seeing on television people making a fool out of themselves. And this is why Samuel Acho on ESPN is the most meat writing guy I've ever seen on Colorado. He thinks they should be higher than 22. You clearly have they not met RJ ranked. Young. You clearly have not met RJ, RJ Young. I do, but I kind of ignore him. Yeah. No, oh, I do too. I just ignore him as best as I can. But it's just one of those things where it's like, oh my God, like this is, this is we're young sportscasters coming up through the world or sports writers. And it, the landscape it is right now, you've got these personalities on TV and you you always see one. There's like a group of four, right, on these on these talk shows, right? It doesn't matter which one. You got one that's always uh, just sitting there silent because they're the one who probably has the best take about it and have the most reserved take. While everyone else is just, oh, what take can I say? Get on social media today and get a ten minute buzz or whatever. They're doing this Stephen A. Smith thing. Yeah, and it's it's spread like wildfire, and I've never seen it more than with Deion Sanders targeted towards college football. It's it's I I can't believe it. And Nebraska's in this game, you know, like again, just like the computer says, and just like. I believe with the defense side, you know, saying that there's no defense. Obviously, when there's more more than 80 points scored by both te- both teams, that that shows that you know the defense side is going to be exposed. Now, 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 I'm going to get into the part where we kind of talk about the prediction and the way that the game goes. Mm-hmm. Here's how it is: This is a tale of two games. This game can go two ways. We can either impose our will defensively, impose our will in the trenches. And the game grinds to a halt, and Colorado doesn't get to use their athletes in space exactly how they want to do. Or the three-three-five gets completely exposed because Shador Sanders is a good quarterback, and they have some nice athletes, and they're able to get the ball out before Shador Sanders becomes literally just another speed bump. Because let's face it, that offensive line—they're small. They could get blown over by a breeze in Kansas. Let's yeah. be honest, but. Let's say they play the quick game like they did against TCU, and we don't have the athletes in space like they do. They could they could run up the score quick. Mm-hmm. They could do it if they want to. Yeah, and that's actually let's get into that. So that's that's predictions wise, Justice. Now, what what is your prediction for the game? Like, what what, what do you got a score? Like, I'm thinking like seventy thirty the first outcome. I think it's probably. Take your pick, like 21 to 10, 21, 14, 17, somewhere in that range. I'd okay. say probably 21, 17 is probably the final score. That's, that's, a, little sh- that's a little I, I, I think it's a Nebraska road win. Not a biased thing, but I just look at it and it's like, if you're small in the trenches, you can't win in Power 5 football. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Dylan? Okay, so, okay, this is, I agree, is I... This is a tough one. We are probably the best. I think I've been talking about this ever since I watched this TCU-Colorado game last week. Nebraska definitely has a better defense than TCU, and it's not really close at all. This is probably the best defense Shadur Sanders is probably seen. I'm going to be honest. Nothing against HBCU football. Hey, you never know Grambling State, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm just – no offense No offense hey, to F- FCS and – you know HBCU defenses. This is probably the best defense he will go. He has gone against, and he's only played one game in FBS football. But that being said, I'm a little hesitant because Shadur Sanders is a good quarterback, and he can move. He didn't even have to move at all, which was surprising in the beginning TCU. of the game. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna. Okay, so. <laughs> so I think Nebraska will Big win. Big decisions. 
I think Nebraska will win just based on I think our defense is going to play pretty well. And we didn't talk about this. Colorado played horrible against the run. Yeah. Like, they were horrible. That's because they're small. Their yeah. defense Hit and the offense, weight room, Dion. Forget worrying about somebody lines. not wearing black socks. Is worried about if they got three wheels exactly. on each side. No, their defense <laughs> and offense lines are horrible. And I, I think Nebraska... We do pretty well. We showed we were pretty good at running the ball against Minnesota, and that's against some pretty good defense and defensive line. Minnesota has. I'm gonna lean towards Nebraska. I think it's gonna be close. If you got any of our listeners are betters, take the under. It's at 59 and a half. Take the under, please. I'd hammer that under. Yeah, I I think this is gonna be a low scoring, close game, and I think the Huskers will leave Boulder, embarrass Deion Sanders, and. And probably with a few extra slash tires. Shout out Colorado. Exactly. Broken windows, slash tires, bl- black eyes. Listen, I'm sure it's going to happen. Husker fans, park outside the state, buy the rental cars, drive up to the stadium in the rental cars with the Colorado plates. They'll never know it's you. We go incognito. We move in silence. We get in there, make a bang, and we get out and less damage, more bang for your buck. Spend the money, folks. And just try not to get, hopefully, Colorado fans are mature enough not throw crap on the field i know they're going to if they lose i, I think the rivalry's lost a little bit of its sizzle no i know i, I think it picked I, back up but i think i don't it might know pick back up with this i don't know if they lose at home with all this hype a lot of things can happen sucks to suck quit getting your hopes up exactly yeah. you played one week against a big 12 team let's not forget the big 12 doesn't play defense yeah they're right. trying to do, forget. Yeah, they're trying to do a typical offensive battle there and even they even said it on the broadcast and it's like guys this is the Big 12. That's what all the games turn into, even some of these other games. They hey, that's what bo- Colorado's going to be so, perfect in the Big 12. They yeah. don't play defense. Yep. Yeah, so my final score, Huskers put up 24. Colorado gets held to 13 points. I'm, I'm taking that. All right. Here's my thing. Shador Sanders interception class. Hey, exactly. I, th- I think that could happen. And here's the thing. I think that offense will happen in this game. I think Nebraska is going to hone in their offense. The run is going to matter a lot. You know, if we just run the ball, who, who even needs to throw it? I think just we, run the ball sixty times, we win. Jeff no. Sims, I formation. Yeah, I mean, let's do some Tommy Frazier sets. I think we still throw it a little bit, but no, hundred percent. We'll make some crucial stops. Our defense will, um, and I think that we have some fantastic kickers to be like if our drive stalls out, thirty-five. 45 around that territory that we will be able to Tristan kick. Alvano has been proven to hit 50 yarders when it matters the yeah. most. And we He's that will decide times. the game. I, I think that my prediction is 27-21 because we'll just have a few extra field goals that would just push us that little bit of edge when we need it for the drives that they will stall out and have to punt away. We will uh you know be able to be able to score and just increase that lead a little bit. Yeah, 27-21 Nebraska. It's gonna be huge. I'm gonna feel great afterwards. I'm gonna be honest. Beating a beating beating a ranked team since the first time since what twenty. Uh, it will be the first time since 2016. 2016. It's been seven years since we beaten a ranked team, and that was against an Oregon team that went four and eight, but they were 22 in the country at that point. Quack yeah. quack, baby. Ironically, we're playing another Pac-12 opponent when they're ranked 22nd in the country. Hey hey hey, hey. future Big Ten team. Or... Future Big Ten team. You're right. No, exactly. No, I'm just saying Colorado's a Pac-12 team. They're ranked 22nd. Last time we beat a ranked team, they were ranked 22nd. They did go 1-11 last year. Just got to say. And they still, still have some in the DNA. That team. You don't scrub the DNA out, folks. Exactly. You can you can get rid of the disease, but the DNA doesn't leave. And that, well, we know that as Nebraska fans from switching over from coaches. So, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Give it time. Give it time. Give it time. You're right. I, hey, man. 
I, I wasn't the one on Twitter this week hitting the nuclear reactor button and setting, sending a nuke to our facility. I mean, Jesus. Exactly. Like, people... Uh, yeah, uh, Husker fans need to calm down on Twitter and stop overreacting. It was one game against a conference opponent, and we didn't even look... We, I mean, we didn't look good, but we didn't look bad. And we stayed in the game. We had the lead. I just, just, I think the main thing is just the disappointment of losing. Listen, folks, if you got an iPhone, go to the settings button on your phone you go to screen time you go to limit screen time that's what you you set yourself a limit you get off twitter you go outside you sniff some grass you appreciate the beautiful weather we're having get off twitter stop hating enjoy what's coming on saturday justice you're right i do need to i need to put a limit on twitter because oh boy anyways um dylan let's get into your segment From break, Dylan, take it over. All right, yeah. So we got our college football pick'em, but before we get into the games, I have to go over our standings. So this uh, this is our ad- uh, added from week zero and week one. I'm sitting in first place at ten and four. Blake's at seven and seven. The only difference is I got two more right than you this past week, and also you went two and two week zero. I went three and one. I don't know. I forgot what game it was. I think it was the Hawaii Vanderbilt that played a big role in that. You mean the greatest college football game of all time? Correct. Um, so, yeah, so, and we also have a guest standing. Uh, if you guys listened last week, Charlie Wing went 5-5 five and five on his picks last week. Um, so we're going to treat it like game day, and we will highlight the best the best um, records for our guest every week on the pod. So, all right, so we're going to hop right in. So the first game we're going over the number 10 Notre Dame Fighting Irish are going on the road in the Carter-Finley Stadium to take on the NC State Wolfpack. Um, Blake, you can go first. I don't really have a lot to say about this team because for once I'm actually pretty, not necessarily high in Notre Dame, but I think that they'll have a pretty solid year. Um, this will be a test, however. I, I, you know, North Carolina State, they are, um, NC State, they are 1-0 on the year. Um, versus 2-0 of uh, Notre Dame. But I'm, I'm going to be simple and short here. I, I got Notre Dame winning, um, but it's going to be close. Whoops. Go ahead. Notre Dame wins. Pencil it in, punch it in, book it. They're better than NC State. Love Brendan Armstrong, but they are better than NC State. Notre Dame wins. Hold up. Just let out of this out. Okay, so... This game should be interesting, but I'm a lot, a lot more higher on Notre Dame than NC State. I uh, just don't see enough. I mean, Brennan Armstrong's a new quarterback at NC State. I mean, they did all right last week, but I'm just gonna take Notre Dame just based off their. They've played two games this year, and I feel like Sam Hartman is a very good quarterback, and I'm, I'm just taking the Dame or the, the Fighting Irish to come out with the victory. Um, so moving on to the next game, this is a very, very interesting one. The number 20 Ole Miss Rebels are going on the road to take on the number 24 Tulane Green Wave. Uh, Blake, you can go first. Yeah, so on ESPN, they have at a 77.3% Ole Miss is going to win it. Now, I like Ole Miss, but I, you know, last year, you know, they went eight and five and lost some games that they shouldn't have lost. Um, they weren't as good as I thought they'd be, and I just don't think it's that much of a write-off. I think it's uh, going to be another close game, just like Notre Dame and NC State. Um, and 
I don't know here. After last week, it gave me some hope for the underdogs. Granted, there's a lot of Big 12 teams that lost, you know, to the underdogs. But I, Ole Miss, they, they kind of seem a little weak to me um, in some areas. In some areas. Like, I feel like they can be exposed. I just, I have a feeling they can be exposed. But Ole Miss will win. Um, I think they'll win by 10 points. Um, yeah, so my uh, flaming hot take with Ole Miss, they should be a top 10 team in the country. I don't know why this team it doesn't have a 1-0 or a single digit by their name, but uh, Ole Miss is definitively a top three offense in the country. They are going to get in a shootout with Tulane because I actually think Tulane can put up some points now. But uh, Ole Miss is going to put up a ton of points. They're going to go on the road and win this one pretty handily. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. Um, I was kind of sitting on this game as being an upset for like over the offseason. I always I circle this one. Ole Miss didn't have the greatest end of their season last year, but I just based off of seeing how they played last week against. I mean, it was Mercer, but I mean, Ole Miss looked really should have really been Mercy good. Rule. Yeah, that offense was really good. 667 yards of total offense last week. I wish they could share some of that. And with us. they played Lane Train. All three quarterbacks played last week as well. Um, Spencer Sanders, Jackson Dart, and I forgot their third string. But they all, all three of them got to play, and all of them played really, really Isn't well. Walker Howard? Yes, Walker Howard. So all of them played really, really well. I think Jackson Dart's a good quarterback. And uh, they got Jug- Judkins back again. Uh, give me Ole Miss. Um, I think they win by at least 10 points in this one. So moving on, number 23, Texas A&M, goes in to – South Beach to take on the Miami Hurricanes. Um, I'll have Blake go first. We'll just keep the same. Yeah, so to stay consistent with my picks, I have uh, Miami winning this game because I just Texas A&M, you know, coming off an embarrassing season last year, I think that they will, they'll be pretty good. You know, I have them as 8-4, and four, but here's the thing. I mean, just it, Miami is going to be a competitive team. How competitive, I, I really don't know, but I just, I have them winning this game because I've feel like Texas A&M, this will be a game that they lose. Just That's just how it is. It's a game um, they've lost in the past. A game they've lost in the past. You're right. Um, I think that Miami's going to run away with this one. Yeah, uh, Texas A&M's a fraudulent top 25 team. Uh, strip the number off and uh, strip Colorado South while you're at it. Uh, AP top 25 voters, what are we doing? Um, Texas A&M's pretty fraudulent. Uh, Connor Weigman's really good at quarterback, actually. I think in like a year or two, that dude's going to be in there for the Heisman. Like, he's really good. Um, but as long as Jimbo doesn't have a real offensive coordinator, uh, they will not be a national title contender. They go on the road. Forget Miami Vice. Miami's bringing the spice. Okay, listen. Mario Cristobal Love it. is cooking something down there. He's going to he's gonna dip into his Cuban roots, and uh, he's going to throw some spice or some pepper straight in the eyes of uh, Texas A&M. They run away with this one at home. Miami improves to 2-0. And they should probably take that number 23 spot from Texas A&M. I have Miami Probably just give it to Miami. Yeah, just give it to Miami. Um, Okay, this is where I get it. It's not really a hostile environment, I'm going to be honest. It's not on campus for the U. It's Miami. I I know, I'm just saying they probably should have a on-campus stadium, in my opinion. It's the same thing with UCLA. I think they should have an on-campus game, even though I think Rose Bowl is a nice stadium to have, but it should be on campus. But despite that, I think the U are going to win this game. I think they're just a better football team than Texas A&M. But if we look down the road, down in the road in the future, I think Texas A&M might be better. I mean, Jimbo might be the biggest reason why they are not good. But I'm going to take the U just based off of I like Tyler Van Dyke a little more. He has more experience than Wegman. I do agree. Wegman looked really good in this past week. But just based off the 
prior experience, and this is a really te- a really big test for Texas A&M to see if they're actually good or not. I don't think they're good. So uh, give me the U at least by seven, at least a touchdown. I think they should win this game. So moving on, uh, this is a whatever this thing is, the Cyhawk, <laughs> Cyhawk, Iowa and Iowa State's in Ames this year. Um, Blake, go ahead. Oh, boy. I'm actually excited for this game. So, Iowa State. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, Iowa State, Hammer the under. Uh, <laughs> Iowa State, um, they killed you and I. And normally, you know, I was talking about last week. And I'm like, they always give them a fit. They always give them a fit. Why well, curse them? I mean, just scoring nine points, 39. Gosh, dang it, you and I. I wish they were more competitive. Um, but simple, short, sweet here. I'm going to go with Iowa State. This is a changeup. Um, I would have just assumed it was going to be Iowa, but Iowa's offensive struggles, actually, um, just in the entire— I mean, 24 points. They had chances to score more, uh, but they couldn't. I I think it's going to be sort of a similar scoreline. 5-3? Um, no, not 5-3. <laughs> I think you're going <laughs> to— I think it could be like a 21-14 game. 7-3, Xavier and Wongba pick six. I, I think both teams will be able to score, but— Obviously not consistently. Um, it's going to be a struggle of a game. Last year, you know, the if I remember right, the weather wasn't the greatest. It was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible weather-wise. So um, that kind of impacted a lot of things. But, yeah, Iowa State winning. Um, but it's going to be a close game. So I equate this game to uh, walk, watching two elderly people race walk in a nursery home. This is, <laughs> there's going to be zero offense score. This is two geriatric offenses trying to figure out who can out-suck one another. Um, I think Iowa State sucks a little bit more. I'm going to be totally honest. I think Iowa's defense is uh, it's pretty darn good. Uh, I, I mean, they have to defend their corn somehow. So, uh, yeah, give me Iowa a 7-3, Xavier and Wonkba pick six. Yeah, um, I'm going to, unfortunately, I, as much as I hate it, I'm going to take the Hawkeyes to win in this one. I just, there's a lot of more questions I have with Iowa State. I, we can always, with when you look at Iowa, there's always a consistent, very, very, very good defense. Their defense is very good. Offensively, I they weren't playing the best the best opponent ever. I mean, you Utah might as State, well put up a missing poster. Might as well, <laughs> and but Utah State and they put up twenty four. Ironically, was still under the twenty five point threshold that Brian Ferentz needs to be at at the end of the year. I want him to stay. Let's just let these teams uh, allow them to score in garbage time. Yeah. But besides the point. All right. So I think the Hawkeyes will win this. I'm just I. I'm not high. I mean, new quarterback for Iowa State, Rocco uh, Breck, is how you say it. Um, but they still have. They also have JJ Cole. JJ Cole got some snaps. But I just think, based off of what I've seen, I think the Iowa Hawkeyes defense is going to play a big factor, and I think it's gonna come down to a defensive stop. And I'm just going to take the Iowa Hawkeyes just based off of. I just trust Iowa a little more. I wonder if Hunter Deckers takes a gamble on this game. He probably takes the under. It's uh, it's thirty six and a half. I'd still hammer the under on that one. The under, it's seven three. Yeah, but I, I, I do think I think Iowa will win at least by three points, <laughs> at least. So uh, yeah, give me the Hawkeyes. So moving on, this one's uh, a very interesting game. Last year was a very very high scoring game, and I think it could be the same again. App State is going on the road, taking on. The UNC Tar Heels and Chapel Hill. Who you got, Blake? Uh, you know, this is Appalachian State. They're kind of, you know, game day went there last year. It was uh, They had a fun season following them along. 
Um, but North Carolina, I just think they're going to be too good. Um, here's the thing, you know, with some of these like ACC teams and, uh, you know, looking across the board, I've said this like doing, you know, the transfers property thing. And you look at those games throughout the year. This could be one of those trap games where, you know, North Carolina could like maybe just do a goose egg and just lose the game. But I don't see that happening. Uh, I'm, I really like North Carolina uh, this year in the ACC side of things. So I'm going to take uh, North Carolina. I think it's North Carolina. And App State has a propensity for playing tough to rank teams. They did it to Michigan. They did it to Texas A&M last year. That was really funny. But uh, it's week two. I think North Carolina knows what they're going up against. I think that offense is really explosive, and I don't think App State has the personnel to deal with it. They'll make it fun. They'll make it interesting. But I think North Carolina is just a, a cut above what we think App State's at. I take North Carolina to win fairly comfortably. Yeah, I'm taking the Tar Heels pretty easily. I mean, you guys said pretty much all my reasons. Drake May, it's going to be he's going to have a good game. So yeah, give me a UNC in this one. Uh, moving on, Oregon. Number 13, Oregon, goes on the road to face off against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who lost to Wyoming on the road. That's a, that's unfortunate. But, um, yeah, and while Oregon put up 81 on Portland State. So, uh, yeah, Blake, we got? Oh, boy. You know, this was in my top 10 games uh, of the year just because I was pretty high on uh, Texas Tech uh, and I really high on Oregon. Uh, but, really, I mean... <laughs> It kind of blows up in your face, don't it? I mean, sometimes you you get them pick them you pick them right. Sometimes you don't. Texas Tech, you know, I gotta move the slider down there. I don't think they'll be too fantastic this year. Um, and I think Oregon. Here's the thing: I think it's gonna be close in the beginning. I think Texas Tech is gonna fire off great, but Oregon's gonna be able to pull away in the lead, uh, in the end there. Um, I just, you know, I'm I'm believing the bows over there. I'm feeling bodacious again, like last week. Um, give me Oregon. I know, uh, I know you're laughing, Justin, <laughs> so feel free to expose me. It's just the fact that we think this is actually going to be a game. I think it's yeah. over by the second quarter. I think Oregon just runs away with this one. I think Oregon's offense is absolutely incredible. Now, they did play the Portland State pilot. It's okay, let's, let's give them yeah. a little bit of credit, all right? You, you got to kind of play somebody. But, uh, yeah, I think this is Oregon all the way. I think... Dan Lanning knows what he's doing. Oregon's not going to stumble over a team like Texas Tech, even if it's in Lubbock. Yeah, they don't care. They're going in. They're gonna. They're gonna handle their business. They're gonna get out of there, and they're gonna come away with this two and zero, and probably be knocking on the door of a top ten placing. One hundred percent. I'm taking Oregon big, big this one. time. I hammer the big. over, the over on this one. Sixty nine. Oh, hammer it. Yeah, I, Oregon might score sixty alone. <laughs> I want to go that far, but point is. I think I Oregon. Would. It's the it's a Big Twelve defense. Yeah, Oregon should play pretty well. They put up a whopping 729 yards last week against Holy moly. against the FCS opponent. But I think Bo Nix is a very very good quarterback, and he's going to really show it. Even though Texas Tech has former Oregon Oregon quarterback Tyler Show. Unfortunately for Texas Tech, this game is not. Gonna he ain't going to show anything. Exactly. <laughs> right. uh, it's going to be really rough for them, and this could get out of. Um, it, it could be pretty It's going to get wild pretty fast. So, yeah, give me Oregon at least by 17 points in this one. So, moving on. This is a, a fun one. UCF, led by John Reese Plumley, goes on the road into Boise to take on the Boise State Broncos. Uh, Blake? Yeah, you know, 
Boise State is one of the teams you look at the past 10, 15 years, and they've kind of just been there, um, have some good year, have some good years, right? You know, and have received a lot of hype, and they can be very competitive at times. But I don't know. I I got to go with UCF. I, I like UCF a lot this year. Um, it's it's probably going to be. I don't know. I mean, the matchup is predictor is saying 77.6 percent for UCF. Um, I think it'll be a closer game than that, but you know. Um, uh, Vegas has it uh, three and a half UCF. So. Three and a half. Okay, that's closer. But John Ryan's Plummel. I mean, yeah, John Ryan's Plummel. He's he's pretty solid. I, I like him a lot. And uh, you know, going through, I kind of use a playoff predictor just to keep track of how I predict the games to go. And uh, UCF is slowly sneaking up there. And yeah, I, I think they'll get the win. Yeah, I think they get the win too. Obviously, John Ryan's Plummel is a phenomenal athlete. UCF really recruits the South Florida area really well. Like, forget the Central mm-hmm. Florida area. They recruit South Florida really well. And Florida in general, they do a really good job with. Which Boise is State- what you need to get with, with a team like UCF. Absolutely. You know? And Boise State's a pesky team, but uh, I think UCF does the Big 12 a favor and gives them an actually team to believe in, other than, you know, Texas Tech. <laughs> At this point, I think UCF the, might for, be able to be Yeah, Texas forget the Red Tech, Raiders. So. They're, the, they're the red failures, okay? <laughs> We're calling them right now. Yeah, uh, UCF's the knight in shining armor. They go in the and they handle business, and I think they win by probably seven. I think they handle it. Boise State makes the game competitive, but UCF. Yeah, I do think Boise State's a good football team. Unfortunately for them, they had to play one of the best teams in the country with Washington, and it didn't look good for them. But now you get another chance. You go back home to take on a very good UCF Knights team. It's going to be tough. I'm just going to lean towards UCF because of John Reese Plumley. I'm very high on him. I've been high on him since last year, ever since he's been at UCF. So give me give me UCF at least by a touchdown, at least. So uh, moving on, this is a fun one. Shout out to Mark Borsak. Mark! <laughs> Number 19, Wisconsin coming off a somewhat disappointing but somewhat okay game against Buffalo. They're going on the road into Pullman, Washington to take on the Washington State Cougars. 6.30 kickoff on ABC. Go ahead, Blake. As much as I was wanting that game to be closer, you know, they still ended up getting the win. And, again, it's week one. You know, as much as we say, oh, man, Minnesota week one. Obviously, Buffalo is not a team that you should play that close against, but props to them. What do you mean the greatest team in college football history, the Buffalo Bulls? Yeah, come on now. Uh, But, no, I— this game is going to be whoever can uh, stop the run, in my opinion. You know, get make sure it, for the Wazoo side of things of Washington State, if if they're able to stop the run of like Braylon Allen and stuff like that, then I it's going to be a lot more competitive. Um, I don't know. It, to me, I I wanted to set uh, Wisconsin's uh, hopes lower, especially for one certain fan. That we all know and love. Uh, It's Barstool Big Cat. I hate him. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. Um, But I'm going to go with Washington State because Wisconsin, they're going to get a little bit of another check again, just like how early in the game Buffalo, and really until like the more third and fourth quarter when Buffalo just wasn't able to score. Um, This is going to be a wake-up call for Wisconsin that is going to put them on a path to where like they'll win games, yes, but it won't be a pretty team. So give me Washington State, you know, back-to-back years. Wouldn't that be crazy? It's like Cinderella's, like, stepsisters where they try to get into the slipper and it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of Wisconsin this year. You know, they're still pretty. They're still around. But, they, you know, there's there's better-looking teams, mm-hmm. right? Um, With Wisconsin, they are physical. 
They are physical, and they are physical. That's what they are. They play really good defense. They are big in the trenches. Let me tell you, six eight, six eight, six eight, six seven, six six. They got they got hogs on the line. All right, but Wisconsin they do a really good job recruiting and developing. Braylon Allen's a stud. Wazoo doesn't have a player like him. Uh, I don't think Wazoo's defense is particularly good. They did all right. I mean, but it's still yeah. Uh, that's well they. Who they played Colorado uh, State. Colorado yeah, State. Yeah. Something like I mean, but I look at Wazoo. Uh, as much as I want the Cam Ward redemption arc, you know, Cam Ward for Heisman. You know, as much as I want that the whole thing to play out, I think Wisconsin gets revenge for last year. They go on the road and they trounce Wazoo and Pullman. I don't think it's close. I think they pull away and win by three touchdowns. Okay, this is a tough one for me. Night game in Pullman. Fans will be there. Rowdy. Wisconsin coming off a. Well, there is nothing else to do in Pullman. So. Yeah, it's kind of like Lincoln. It's the same thing. No, they're Except for the stuff they're to do. Yeah, I know. But um, point is, Tanner Mordecai did not have a good game against Buffalo. I told everybody he was 24 overrated. for 30, 31, 189 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions against Buffalo. Oh, boy. Shout out that Buffalo secondary, baby. Yeah. But what comes to what it came down to is incredible running game from Wisconsin last week. Chaz Malusi and Braylon Allen both had over 100 yards. That's going to be tough for Washington State to stop, but I think it's going to come down to it's going to be a rowdy uh, environment, and I, I think Wazoo is going to get the victory. I'm very, I am very I like Cam Ward, and I think he's going to play pretty well enough to get them the victory by three points. I'm feeling like it may be a 27-24 finish. Give me the Washington State Cougars. Give me Wisconsin double doing to lose it. That'd be incredible. That'd be so funny. Yeah, so moving on, uh, Oklahoma State goes on the road to take on the Arizona State Sun Devils, future Big 12 opponents. Um, yeah, go ahead, Blake. Oh, I don't know. You know, Oklahoma State, That that is an interesting team, you know. You know, a few Their years. Their quarterback play sucks. You know, a few years ago, I'm like, shoot. You know, I was hyping them up. You know, after they've had a good years, um, they when they beat uh, Oklahoma, um, that was like two years ago, right? Um, in the that's when they had Spencer Sanders. Yeah, and had a great team. Why did he transfer to Ole Miss? Now, why? I don't know. But here's here's my deal: is that the way I picked them, I haven't finishing worse conference wise in the Big Twelve. But going five and seven, I, I don't know with this team. But it's it is Arizona State. The Pac-12 was undefeated. Um, you know, going into going should have kept it together. Yeah, should have kept it together. But I, I, I think this is a game that Oklahoma State can win, and I think that they'll nearly avoid disaster versus the Devils. Yeah, I think they don't. I think the devil actually uh, puts the ray out and suckers them into the trap. I think Oklahoma State's really poor at the quarterback position. They don't have anybody. Like, I've seen, trust me, I've seen Gunner Gundy even in high school. It's not pretty. Okay. It's it's not pretty. They don't, they don't really got a dude. Their defense is always going to be good. They'll be fine. But uh, Arizona State, Jaden Rashad is the real deal. I'm telling you, Arizona State's got an exciting offense. It's at home in Tempe. I think they get the job done. I th- I'm taking Arizona State to win this one. Close, close, but they get it done. Give me Arizona State. Yes, let's go drink the Kool-Aid, baby. Uh, I don't know much about both of these teams. I just know Oklahoma State has tore terrible quarterback play, oh, like you, we've been saying. Um, running wasn't even that great either. 
Defensively, they struggled. They allowed 391 yards to Central Arkansas. Shout out the Bears! But Arizona State only beat Southern Utah by three. But so. Southern Utah may be the greatest team we've ever seen. So, <laughs> uh, But I'll just take Jalen Rashada and Arizona State. Don't really have much to say on that one. So moving on to the game of the week. I think we've been circling this game. This will be the game of the year so far. Number 11, Texas Longhorns are going into Tuscaloosa to take on the number three Alabama Crimson Tide. Blake, who you got in this one? Oh, boy. You know, when I went through, like, watch, look at Washington State, that Wisconsin thing. You know, they play each other two years. That's kind of like what you do with the team. The home and home. The the home and home or home and away situation. But here's the thing. I mean, Texas Tech last year, uh, Texas, <laughs> Texas last year, they could have been more than, than what they ended up being. Um, I I still think that they'll do pretty well, but give me Alabama because you know they were close last year and I shoulda coulda woulda. Um, but Quinn Ewers, I mean he's throwing three. Uh, I mean he has thrown three touchdowns. I mean two hundred sixty yards. It's a pretty good start. But then you play you played Rice and I mean obviously they're not gonna show anything. To give Alabama yeah. anything. So <laughs> this, this is hey, why but they, they do play. know how to cook rice now. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go. <laughs> <laughs> no facts. I mean, a former Husker got uh, cooked there as well. And, Luke uh, McCaffrey got lit up on that touchdown pass he got. Yeah, and uh, um, and uh, a national champion on the, on that team. As scrub. A scrub. JT Daniels. Scrub. Luke McCaffrey, scrub. Who's been, I think, every college, but Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to, uh, you know, Jackson State next. You know, hey, let's, try to, let's try to win an FCS title. Why don't we? They don't even play for the FCS title. So. No. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, to bring it back to reality here, Alabama's going to win the game. <laughs> you know, you look at you're going to look back at these episodes of the podcast. This is going to be really fun at the end of the year, and you're going to be like, "Wow, Blake, Blake on that Nick Saban train." And I am, man. Roll Tide. Uh, give me Bama, but it is going to be a close game by a touchdown, though. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement: the dynasty is over. Bama is not what they used to be. Jalen Milrow, no offense, he's not a quarterback to the level of a Mac Jones, a Tua Tagovailoa, a Jalen Hurts. Even a Bryce Young. A.J. McCarron. Bryce Young. He's not that caliber of guy. They're a little bit weaker on the defensive side. You know, they got, they got to let some guys go. Dallas Turner got let go to the NFL. Will Anderson, he decided Dallas to go. Dallas Turner's in the NFL? Yeah. I don't think he got. I thought plays. he did. I, don't th- I think he's still there. Well, well, look that up is. on your at-home, folks. Even if he is. Will Anderson, he decided to mosey on down and become a top three pick. You know what I'm saying? As much as my Oklahoma blood runs deep, as much as I hate to utter the words that I'm about to utter. Don't do not do it. Dallas Turner is still at Alabama. But before you say that, I just have to do a horns down. Just, just, to, just to be safe just and clear. Just a customer. Just a customary. But yep. listen, blood runs thicker than water. There's some roots in Texas. Quinn Ewers and them boys. Steve Sarkeesian, he's coming back from a bad spell. He's going back to old Nick Saban. He said, it's my turn, Nick. I say, one more time in Tuscaloosa. Oh, Steve Sarkeesian oh, God. and them horns. Oh, God. Hook no. the Crimson Tide. Hook them, no. baby. No. Hook them. I think Texas oh. goes on the road and gets the upset. <laughs> Dude, that's no. bold. That is bold. Forget, forget Roll Tide. What's the mascot tide needs to go. <laughs> Guess what? Oh my God! Roll Tide. <laughs> give me Alabama. Yeah. Hey, give me a high five, bro. 
Okay, as much as I hate Texas, I think this is going to be a very, very Earth good em. game. I think Quinn Ewers is having a good game, but I do think – I know quarterback play is kind of questionable with Alabama, but you can't really show much for Texas either. Like, so I, I'm going to – Oh, I don't care. They don't have anyone to guard Xavier Worthy. I don't care how good you think Kool-Aid McKinstry is. Okay, I'm not he gonna, ain't I'm good not enough. Go there. I'm just saying Alabama, I just feel like they're at home – it's just going to be a tough environment for Texas to go in. Quinn Ewers, he's a good quarterback. I like him. He's definitely a top three quarterback. He's probably third in the NFL draft here this year. I think Alabama, I'm just going to give it to them. I just think they'll play better. I think Texas is going to – I mean, I'm not very high on Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a tough in the spotlight. They couldn't get it done last year. That you, wasn't their fault. Quinn Ewers got injured in the first half. I'm just saying they probably would have won if they had Quinn Ewers, but I'm just saying they should have won Hudson that game. If we had Hudson Card, we'd go 2-10. and ten. <laughs> No, I think they should have won the game. No, they should have. Regardless. Also, ref ball played a big factor. I'm I just think thinking, Nick Saban split a check for somebody. I'm just saying I think Alabama will still lose down the line, but I'm going to give Alabama the win here. Just I, I just think Alabama is better than Texas right now. Maybe in a couple of years when Nick Saban re- finally retires after he's like 75, 78. I don't know how old he is. I actually think that we see uh, Steve Sarkeesian go galaxy brain here. He subs in Arch Manning for one play just so he can throw a ball as hard as he can to the sideline and take out Nick Saban's kneecaps. That's exactly <laughs> what happens, folks. Mark it down. It's not on the betting sheet, but put it down. That You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the hit I put on Mark Whipple last year and the, literally the play after <laughs> the play after I, I, I put a hit on him, he got taken, he got taken out of that Michigan and game. We, so. Honestly, played a little better after yes. I took him out. So, no, but I, I think Alabama should win this game. Um, it's going to be very close. I think Alabama wins by three points. So, yeah, give me uh, give me roll tide. Yeah, so. is thicker than water. Horns down. Anyways. Stop. Here, I'll close. So, yeah, so that was the college football pick Um I'm going to move it over to Blake here, and we're going to do the NFL. We should be fun. Um, But we'll take a break before doing that. So, yeah, we'll be right back. excited for this year's uh, NFL season to begin and what a game to start off with but we got a new segment this week and we're going to be doing it throughout the entire year Dylan yeah I would say so okay NFL pick them first game Detroit Lions versus Kansas City Chiefs I'm gonna toss it over to you Justice Travis Kelsey is listed as questionable for this game it is an Arrowhead Stadium but I think as long as as much as they are a division rival I think I side with the kneecap dollars for this one Give me the Detroit Lions to win on the road. Explosive offense. Really excited to see what they can do in Arrowhead Stadium. That was weird coming from you as a Packers fan. We're gonna have two well, homer picks. I know that. Huh? Well, uh, We're gonna have two homer picks, and I know. Well, that. Uh, I'm not Mark, so yeah. So this game is gonna be very fun. I love this game. This is how it started in the NFL season. You got Thursday night reigning Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, are They're hosting cheaters. against. <laughs> Against a Lions team that almost made the playoffs. My Lions team almost made the playoffs. Yeah, thanks year. for that. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks Niners, for not letting us get in. Or not Niners, uh, Rams. So, um, Baker Mayfield. this one's going to be interesting. I think 
if Travis Kelsey does not play, I think I'm I think the Lions win by at least a touchdown. I just I just I'm not high on Kansas City. I Patrick Mahomes make can make any wide receiver look good, but just the lack of having it. The wide receivers, you lost Michael Harbin. You, I guess you have Scatling and uh, MVS still, but Kadarius Tony, yeah, who's not injured. He's he's gonna be, he's gonna play, um, which is I'm just not. Kadarius Tony is not the greatest score, uh, wide receiver, but I'm gonna be a homer. I'm gonna take the Lions to win this one on the road. Get the massive upset. It's not really upset. Non kneecaps. I mean, I'd say I'd say it's it an is upset. upset, but it's I just I don't look NFL really doesn't have like. The typical upsets like college football does. Like, yeah, there's not an NFL teams. But it is a betting upset. Technically, it is, but I don't think Kansas City's favored by too much. Yeah, four and a half. So it's just I'm I'm gonna take the Lions on this one. And I know who you're taking. To go opposite of you guys, I obviously got to pick the Chiefs. Um, I don't Suck. think I don't think it matters. I mean, you know that that um, Travis Kelsey maybe out. He could return. I mean. You know, the knee is a little bit worse than what uh, Patrick Mahomes had with his uh, high ankle sprain or whatever. Uh, you never want to injure anything around your knee because that can just be quick, go back quickly, fast. But oh, we gotta... yeah. oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes could take it and stick it. <laughs> no, no. We're not starting that again. We're not starting that again. Because... With all of his supreme arm talent and his stupid progressive commercials. <laughs> and the State Farm commercials. Throw on, throw on the list of high V commercials. What, what were Old Spice? Old Spice. It, it don't matter. Troy Palamalu better. <laughs> but I gotta go with my Chiefs, man. Uh, it's gonna be a close game. Fantastic game. I think that I'm high in the Detroit Lions this year. Um, I really think they can be solid. You already know I am. Yeah. Um, I'm not. And this gonna be we're gonna f- win the division. No, this no, gonna you're be not. Yeah, we are. No, this- you're not. You're gonna lose to the Chicago Bears. You're not even a Bears fan. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun game to watch for you tomorrow, Dylan. I'm excited, but I know. hey, how about those Chiefs? I know. Uh, I, I as much as I hate it, I, I'm not a big Chiefs fan, but I'm really excited for this game. Honestly, it's just I, I don't even really care what happens because it doesn't really show how how our season's gonna go and how your season's gonna go. I just, I'm just really excited for this one. All right, for the next one, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Justice, give me some of that knowledge. Uh, so I think the new $170 million man, five years, $170 million for Mr. Nick Bosa. Uh, I think the new $170 million man makes a you know, humongous difference to what they want to do defensively. They're going to be a defensive monster, even though they lost coordinator Demeco Ryans to the Houston Texans as a head coach of their football team down there. But I think the 49ers keep a lot of the personnel they had last year. They are so multiple on offense, so many different weapons. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback. They're going to be successful, giving the Niners in week one on the road against the Pitts, Bug, Stellas. I think it is Brock Purdy starting. So um, I'm going to take the Niners. I'm not high on the Steelers. I think they should be all right this year. But I think the Niners overall just – just basing on how the team looks, this is probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL. I think they might. I think they're going to get the one seed in the NFC. Give me the give me the Niners by a touchdown at least. Slow down. You guys need to slow down with the Niners. I got the Steelers. Stop. I got Dude, the Steelers. What? There has to be. What? I'm, I'm looking. I, I'm looking at the yeah, game. It's, it's not Kenny Pickett. It's Kenny Throw Pickums. You no, know what I'm saying? No, exactly. I, I I think San Francisco is going to be a very solid team, but they're going to lose some games, and this is going to be one of those games. That I they will lose never to. side with a man who wears actual gloves on his hands while throwing, and has tiny hands. Amen. And has small. Amen. Hands. You know another player that. 
Third great with gloves. One of the greatest all time, Tom Brady. Oh, please stop. Tom Brady threw a glove. Oh, please. Stop. Anyways, this is the, out of all these ones. Actually, hold on. Hold on. No, this is not my only upset. Give me, fine. Give me uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to have some fun with this. You know, it's fine. Um, but, I mean, I, I like San Francisco 49ers. I think they'll be solid with, with Brock Purdy. Big, big dude Brock. I'm not going to the you know say the other thing. Uh, but I said it last year. I did. <laughs> you did? I did. Um, he's, got, he's got some nice legs on him. We'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, and there might be another one in there. But <laughs> but give me the Steelers. All right. For the next game, Green Ooh. Bay pa- Packers versus the Chicago Bears. At Chicago. Yeah, at Chicago Which Justice. Does, it does make a difference, actually. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The sun, you wake up in the morning, the sun is shining. You wake up in the morning, the sky is blue. You wake up in the morning... The grass is green. You wake up in the morning, hopefully you get out of a bed. You know what else is inevitable in the morning? You wake up on a Monday morning and you see that the Green Bay Packers have beaten the Chicago Bears. That's exactly what happens. We own their sorry franchise. It doesn't matter if we have Aaron Rodgers. We could have Richard Rodgers. We could have Jordan Love. We could have Dude Love. It doesn't even matter. We could walk in with anybody in there and we could own the Chicago Bears. That's exactly what's going to happen. They don't have an offensive line. They don't have an identity. And to be honest, they shouldn't even have a field. Let's be honest. Uh, We're going to beat the (laughs) Chicago Bears by two touchdowns and it doesn't matter. The Green Bay Packers. Are going to finish third in the division this year, but it doesn't matter. We own the Bears. Slow down. I don't think they'll win by two touchdowns, but... You're right. They'll win by three. Thank you. Thank you for further proving <laughs> think, my point. Uh, I'm not high on the Packers. I think it's going to be a struggle year, but they're one of the youngest teams in the league. They are the youngest team in the league. Yeah. I, I do think they have some pretty good players. Romeo Dubs, is he still there? Oh, they're both still there, but they are listed. They got Christian they, Watson. They're listed as day-to-day. Okay, so Christian Watson's a good wide receiver. Um, Aaron Jones. Yeah, very good running back. I'm just When we eventually hesitant. trade for Jonathan Taylor. <sighs> I will not be happy if that happens. Um, Chicago, though, brought in some talent over the offseason to help with Justin Fields. I'm DJ Moore. I mean, he's overrated, but he's still Whoa. a good wide receiver. I still think he's Whoa. a bit overrated. Who's overrating him? No, no I'm just saying. He's, he's a, a little... thousand-yard-a-year receiver. Okay, just can I finish? <laughs> Please. He can take it and stick it. (laughs) Uh, No, but uh, I think Chicago will make it difficult for the Packers, but I'm going to take the Packers just based off of I think Jordan loves a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is kind of inconsistent, and I think the offensive line will struggle. So give me the Packers by three points. Again. Settle down, boys. Please stop. The Bears, baby. No, you just didn't take the Bears. The Bears. This is my this is my other episode. Me and Mark are coming after you on Twitter. No. I'm the, letting you know. Your Twitter is about it. I'm unleashing the full power of the Packers burner no, accounts. The Bears. <laughs> the, the, talk about dynasties ending. Green Bay, they're, I mean, what, yeah, they there, wasn't really, the, there wasn't really a dynasty. There wasn't the really division. Yeah. It's not really a dynasty. You know, the Packers, you said, he had one Super Bowl. Hey. You said you wait. Hey, how many NFL championships do you have? A few, actually, just before 1950. Yeah, we have 13. Shut up. Plus four <laughs> Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls you got? Zero. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's, a, that's a low hanging fruit there, but that's not fair. The you know you say that you wake up in the morning and you're like you know throughout the week you're you it's always the Packers that win over the Bears, but I'm sorry it ain't gonna happen this year. It just ain't gonna happen. The Bears, 
They're going to look like a Kohe. Don't go that far. Last time I checked, did, did the Bears have a KC on their helmet or just a C? They just had a C. One, one they're old, losing. One orange C. They, they, they're doing it, though. The Bears are going to beat the Packers, and that, those are my underdog picks. So. Okay, it's 50-50. On All that. right. Moving to the next one. Let's hope we don't get as fired up with this one. The Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Sunday night football. As much as my fantasy team needs the Dallas Cowboys to have a good week, it ain't happening, baby. Forget how about them Cowboys. How about them Giants, huh? Brian Dable. I'm actually a really big fan of what they've done. I think that's that who can... the Bears should hire. I, not... think, I think that I think that they continue to build off of a positive last year. I think they finished second in the division this year over the Cowboys, and I think they start off right with a good. 24 to 17 win in week one at home. You know, I agree with you for once, <laughs> other than the Detroit Lions. Actually, we just agreed on everything. Yeah. Let me be quiet. No, I'm just, I'm going to take the Giants too. I don't, I'm not high on the Cowboys. I've never have, never will. I hate the Cowboys. They're not America's team. I never drink the Kool Aid. Yeah. I, they haven't been good since the 90s. They're just the Nebraska Cornhuskers in the NFL, unfortunately. <laughs> but shout out Dion. Yeah, so uh, I got the Giants. Uh, Brian Dable is one hell of a coach. He's good. Daniel Jones. I mean, he Brian Dable makes Daniel Jones look a good, like a good quarterback. And that is a miracle. Yeah, Daniel. Vanilla Vic. Hey, they got Saquon Barkley back? Yeah, he got at least for a year. Um, they got wide receivers. I got Darren Waller. I, I think this Giants team is going to be pretty good, and I think they might. I don't think they'll win the division, but they will can. Pete with the Eagles this year. Give me the Giants. I think by ten points. I don't think the Cowboys are that good. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys team isn't going to be as you know flashy and kind of propped up there as they were last year. Um, but I, I got the Cowboys in this one. I, I think that'd be a, a solid enough team to beat the Giants. I just don't really see much from the Giants to give me the the opinion that they will just go out and beat the Cowboys. But yeah, Has give me he the Cowboys against us every single game. Yeah, yeah, because you guys have agreed on every single one. Well. Yeah, because you picked the Lions, didn't you? Um, and I picked the Steelers and Bears. So, I mean, I, I guess we're just uh, against each other here. It's 2v1. I, I like those well, odds. Well, if it's 2v1, uh, the color of the wall is black and red. You're about to be black and blue, buddy, after <laughs> this week is over. That no, standing it, mark is going to hey, look bad for you. It's either going to look really terrible or I'm going to dunk on all of y'all. So, it, it, there ain't no in-between on this one. Yeah, if you dunk on me, I'll just write my U. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game and the final game on our pick'em is Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. They are they are just gonna they're just gonna fall flat on their faces. Aaron Rodgers might be the worst quarterback in the end. No kidding. Okay, <laughs> that's my slow down. That's buddy. my Packer propaganda. All right, listen. Uh, I love what New York did in the offseason. I'm going to be totally honest. They brought in a lot of young guys. They got some weapons. They brought in Aaron Rodgers, who's not a young guy. He has, like, what, two years left? They uh, they decided to use their jerseys and imitate his darkness retreat by going by black and green. But uh, I think that it's going to be a competitive game. I think Buffalo's just a cut above this year. I think they I think Buffalo should honestly be Super Bowl favorites or at least a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Uh, give me Buffalo. Give me Buffalo 28-21, to 21, even though it is in New York. It's practically a home game for the Buffalo fans. Let's be honest. They travel really well. Give me Buffalo 28-21. to 21. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo as well. I'm not high in New York. I think that I I was making some predictions for fun. I have a situation where they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, I, that sounds realistic. Um, Miami's yeah. good. I, their defense is okay. Quinn and Williams is back, of course. But I just – and they have Sauce Gardner. 
and they have some other good players. But I'm Garrett just, Wilson. Huh? They have Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. And Delvin well, Cook and Breeze I'm talking about their defense. Defensively, they're okay. Offensively, they're pretty good. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, bringing Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's a good running back. You got Brees Hall still. Um, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, one of the better wide receivers last year. I'm going to take the Bills, though. I like Josh Allen. I'm a little more higher on Josh Allen than I, I think Josh Allen's. They need to slow down with this Josh Allen meat writing, but like with these announcers. But I still think Buffalo is a little better than the Jets. So give me the Bills by three points. Yeah, Bills are one of the teams, you know, been close and, you know, hyped up, like you're saying, Dylan, um, where I think that the two top teams um, in the AFC are going to be the Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, But the Bills, I think they're going to have, they're going to fall off a little bit here, just a little bit. I think they're going to have a few losses, a few more losses come their way than they would expect. But this ain't going to be one of those games. I'm going to agree here, and the Bills are going to win. I just don't see how the Jets are going to be. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I just don't think he has all, all Here's of Here's how it happens. Aaron Rodgers goes full Nick Castellanos and absolutely balls out on 9-11. That could happen. You never know. But that I, I, I picked the Bills. And with that, the podcast is coming to an end here, folks. Um um, we'll figure out if these takes are terrible or they're good. There's going to be no in-between for me, at least. And, of course, thank you, Justice, for coming on. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure, fellas. I, mean, I appreciate it. You're electric every time we come on. It brings the best out of us, and we'll we'll probably see you hey, on another time I wouldn't time rather do it with anybody else, fellas. This has been absolutely amazing. Again, thank you for having me on. Sorry if you have to edit anything out. You might have to edit out that Jet segment, but... Uh, okay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again so much for having me in the studio. Uh, sh- you have any shout-outs you got? Oh, yeah. First of all, shout-out to you guys for allowing me to come on. Uh, I just also want to shout-out uh, the, so- the the solo podcast I've been doing. It's called The Full Court Press. You can find it on Spotify or on the KRNU website at krnu.nebraskanewsservice.net. You can find it on there. Uh, also, shout-out to the, co- uh, the, the co-hosted podcast I do, uh, the 10 for 10 podcast with Connor Fowler, also on Spotify. Go check that out. And thank you guys so much again for having me on. All right. You know, as always, our social media channels, uh, Twitter, capital TLT, last take 2020, or just 22. 20, just 22 at the end there. Instagram, the last take pod, all lowercase. Facebook, the last take. It should come up. It's just a page. It's yeah. just a page. I mean, it's Facebook. Hopefully we get some uh, good interactions there. That's our newer one. We'll be sure to fire off on Twitter, Instagram. We got it all. And with that, boys, Justice, (laughs) Blake, another fantastic episode, um, and we can't wait for you guys to listen. Go Big Red. Go Big Red, baby.